Let's continue on with the second part of our powerful potentials of homeschool. I want to begin by, by talking about priorities. Do you think priorities are important? Now, one of the things that happens is that people try to inject into your life what their priorities are, right? And that means when someone else needs something, they want you to make that a priority now. Well, if we let our lives run that way, where do you think we end up? Meeting everyone else's priorities, running hither and yon, being overcommitted, being liable to become frustrated, and guess what happens to the priorities at home? They're lost. They're lost. And so we want to talk about priorities, and the scripture that I think goes along beautifully with this is taken from Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and the 16th verse. It says there, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You think we need to redeem our time? So what does that mean? Do we go back and we, we try to relive the, the past 15 years? Is that how we redeem our time? <laughs> we can't bring back even a moment once it's gone, can we? So what's the best way of redeeming the time? The, the, say it again. Make the best use of what you have. That's, so the best way we can redeem past failures is to refocus our energy and decide that we're not going to let all these other things crowd out the priorities that we need to look at and that we need to set. We're going to be talking about how to set priorities. And one of the things that you've been handed is a sheet, and it just simply says priorities at the top. So if you want to pull that out, we're going to have a little bit of, we're going to talk about this for a minute. You'll see that it has two lines, two groups of lines. On the left-hand side, there's some little short lines. You don't need to use those now. The long lines are what we're going to be discussing, because as we talk about setting priorities, you can, as, as you all contribute to this part, you can write down the, the things that we're discussing in priorities, and then later, you've got the framework, you can take it back with your family. And in that little left-hand column, you can prioritize them as what's important by you know, 1 through 20 or 1 through 10 or however many. But our first priority that we have in homeschool, we have it as parents, the first priority is that we honor God in everything. Now, that sounds obvious, doesn't it? To honor God in all that we do. Isn't that the first law that Jesus said? He boiled down to two laws. To love the Lord thy God and with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and then thy neighbor as thyself. These are the two great laws. And all the other laws hang on these. So yes, we can say that's obvious, but you know, as we were talking about this, it just hit me again. What does that really mean? To honor God in all that we do? I said to Elaine, wow, that is a tall order, isn't it? Unless we're just content to just say the words, but... I don't think that's why we're here. We're, we're not just content to say the words. Yeah, we just want to honor God in all that we do and then go on living our lives just like we've been living them. What does it mean to honor God in all that we do? Are we really thinking about that in terms of how we set our priorities? That's what we want to talk about. In our home, what we do is we sit down as a family and we discuss what the priorities are. Even when our children were little, they have ideas on what's important to them. And for them, you know, maybe six or seven, it's important that they get time every day to ride their bicycle, if the weather's permitting. That's a priority to a six-year-old or a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old. And it may not be the parent's priority. Their priority may be to learn the phonics and get the dishes done and have a happy attitude. So you, you come together, and as families, you work to establish your priorities. 
That means there's a time in the day for everything that's, that's necessary, that's needful. And all of those things we put into our day are priorities with one purpose, to honor our Lord. So as we discuss priorities, go ahead. Can I inject this sure. other thing? Just, I think it's an important, uh, at least in my mind, it's something in, that we have found in school. It's not enough to get a priority done. Okay? The phonics lesson. I can remember the phonics drills. I can remember participating with our children in the phonics drills. And I can remember sometimes facing challenges in getting through the drill. It wasn't the words that were being drilled. It was the will that was being drilled. Do you get the difference? And so the challenge became not just to get them through the drill and to say, got through that one. The challenge was to get them connected with the power of God to get them through the drill. And this ties back to what we talked about, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Remember earlier I said I wanted to go back and talk about that? (laughs) I remember right where I was standing in, in our kitchen dining room when I came to realize the importance of that. And I said to our children, by God's grace, I will never leave you or forsake you when you need me the most. And that means that if it takes me two hours, if it takes me four hours, you are my priority under God in this education and training process. And you know, I remember the first time that each of my children tested me in that. And I remember that because of the willingness, not that I didn't fail them ever in that test, but early on, because of the faithfulness as parents in meeting that test, they soon learned that they couldn't wear us out. It's very important. (laughs) Didn't have that in our list of principles, but (laughs) go ahead. They didn't see us, uh, you know, later on in the evening when we were totally shot. but (laughs) But... they knew that we would not leave them in self because too many of us have grown up being left in self. You know what happens when we get left in self? If we don't know how to deal with self, it just wears off after time. And then we go on with, quote, normal life until we get crossed again. And then it's right there driving again. And by God's grace, we need to to help our young people know that it's more than getting the phonics drill done. It's getting the phonics drill done in the grace and spirit of Jesus Christ. So we're going to ask for your help to establish what are the priorities that we should have as homeschooling parents. So it's up to you. Let's hear some ideas. Just speak them out loudly. Priorities. Bible. Bible. Okay. So the Bible. That they end up in the kingdom of God. Okay. Now that's a that's a very important priority. Okay. That's the purpose of all of the education. It's to attain to that. Okay, anybody else? They find friendship with each other. Okay, that they find friendship with each other. Yes. What, right here? To know God. Okay, to model that God is our personal friend so that, that we can help them, encourage them that he can be their personal friend. Now let's take these concepts and how do we do this in a day because you have to eat sometime in the day and you have to, you know, get the math done and you have to get the dishes done and all those things. So let's take these concepts that are are the motivations behind what happens in the day. But what are we going to do in the day with these desires of our hearts? How are we going to prioritize our day? What needs to go in our day to make these things a reality? Family worship worship time. Okay. Okay. There's something 
that, that brings these, these desires and these ideals into practical application. Family worship. Anybody else? Having a schedule. Okay, what do we want to put on that schedule? So we're going to put a schedule down. That's a priority that we know and get a functioning schedule that works. Anybody else? Jean. Completing the work. Completing the work. Okay, that's a good priority. You mean every lesson in the book? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Every page. Every page in the book. Very okay. good. And I, I just want to add there... I highly recommend it. It is worth it because the child accomplishes something. It does something deep in their heart that they have finished it completely. And that's what we want their characters to be, finished and polished completely. So again, in the, in the tangible, physical world of school that we're doing, we are creating the very atmosphere of the character that is to be developed. Okay. Other, think about your own priorities, and I trust that you do have priorities. What are some of your priorities in the day, real life? Eating. There Eating. you go. Thank you. <laughs> At least once, right? I like that as a priority, too. <laughs> Two or three times, maybe? Family time. Family, Family time. time. Now we're getting okay, into it. You, now you should be writing down your paper. Write them on your paper. You got yes. those principles. Let's put these down. Fresh air and exercise. I, I like that. You know, that's, that's one of my pet areas now is exercise. You know why? Because I've gained the benefit of it, and so few people make time in their day for exercise. And it's great for the mind. It's great for the soul. Great for the body. Exercise. That was my little pet area. Thank you. Anything else? Personal, personal devotions. devotions. We've got family worship, personal devotions. Anything else? Life skills. What's that? Life skills. Life skills. Mechanical, okay. Practical skills. The day-to-day operations of the home, whether it be mowing the lawn or washing the dishes or vacuuming the floor or folding the laundry, those things have to get done every day. Now, there's one thing that I haven't heard from anybody yet, and it's probably so obvious. Okay. <laughs> That was, the, that was one end of it. The, I was thinking of the getting up. <laughs> Arising it, and then departing. But it time. has to start somewhere, so getting to bed tonight can help us start tomorrow on time. Okay? Yes? Work. Okay, those practical duties that's, again. That's good. Okay? Anything else? Gardening. Gardening. Work and practical skills. Okay, remember we're homeschooling our children. I've not heard anybody say anything about this part. <laughs> the, the actual schooling, right? The math, the English, the science, the history, the geography, and spelling. That's got to get in there somewhere, right? That's a priority. If we want to maximize, to utilize this privilege we've been given to educate our own children, then we better meet the, the requirements of our state laws that we, we can continue to be the recipients of that blessing. See, one of the things that we, we have observed and we've faced these challenges in our own homeschool is that <clears throat> some people don't have any priorities, okay? Let's, let's just don't have any priorities. And some people have too many priorities, okay? So how do we find the ones that work for us. We need to decide, for example, if we aren't seeing fruit in the English. Just use this for an example. If the English isn't bearing good fruit in the English lesson, then we may have to hold off on doing the art lesson. Understand? Now, does that mean I don't like art? Now, I took art. I didn't do very well in art, but I took art. And... It's because we need to find the priorities. And if English isn't getting done right, we can't spend time for art if the art is what they like better. You understand the priorities? We're not trying to pick on art. Maybe it's history. You know, math is going to be... Getting the basics mastered in math is more important 
than knowing all the presidents. Right? So pick the priorities and stay with what the priorities need to be. One of the priorities that I found important was called personal time. For myself, beyond my personal worship time, but just a few minutes that I can just have to reflect. And I found the importance of that with my children. Just giving them some time that they can do what they really want to do. Maybe it's write a letter or play a new song on the piano or experiment. I won't tell you all just size experiments, but to do some experiments. Uh, personal time. And that's very important because we're not here to create a little military subzone, you know, in our homes. Amen. Where everybody looks and acts and speaks and does everything exactly the same. Personal time is necessary. Just know that your child knows how to direct that personal time. But that's something we put in our priorities. Anything else on priorities? Music, that's important for some people. Music. Again, we encourage that the foundations are done first. Make a solid, solid foundations in the basics of math, English, spelling, reading, in their personal life, and then begin to add. We added music a little later. And some people start with music, and we, well, I should say we've added, music's always been a part of our home and worships and things, but I mean, where they can just go off and have, you know, more time just for the music. That was more the extra after the others were met. I think one of the things that, just as we're talking together here, that comes to my mind, and it may seem obvious, but I don't want to pass it over, and that is, do you really know what your priorities are? Don't tell me. <laughs> but honestly, I believe many people have been raised just going through life. Okay? Do you know what I mean by that? It's just you get up and you go through life. And you go to bed and you get up and you go through life. And you go through church and you go through school. And that isn't the way that we're going to be successful in setting priorities. So I want to encourage you that we need to sit down together, maybe first as husband and wife, and then sit down together as, as a family and really talk about, you know, how is our life going? What are the priorities we're getting done? And which ones are being pushed aside? And what's causing them to be pushed aside? And what are we willing to commit to get the priorities and to make them work under God? One of the things that's important in setting our priorities is to know what your state law says that you're required to do for your home school. And I think many people know it's okay to do it because we have kind of a, a lot of freedom here in this country at this time to homeschool. But what are your laws requiring of you that you can honor those, um, those laws, that you can fulfill those requirements? So we encourage people to check out the state that you live in, get a list of the laws. I just did this in Montana, even though I'm no longer under the law. My children are all past that cutoff year of 16 in the state of Montana. But I still know what the laws of the land say, and I complied with those laws of the land as long as they did not conflict with God's law. And so in our state, we had to re so many hours a day that were required with record keeping that my child was in school. Okay, that's a priority. Because should the, the school superintendent come to my house and want to see my records, parents, we need to have records to show them. We have nothing to be ashamed of. That needs to be a priority in our homeschooling, that we keep accurate records. For me, it was just simply a little book, and every day I wrote the date, and what each child did, the, the math lesson, the, the unit, the chapter, and the lesson for this day, and the English the same thing, spelling the same thing, and it was very simple, three to five minutes, I had it written out, and I used that little book, and all through the years I got these little black books, and if I was ever checked, I could always go back to the book and say, this is what they did. Now, our law says that at certain ages they have to spend up to five to six hours a day in school, but we didn't spend six hours in the books, but our homeschool program included, as you have said here, your priorities, the practical training. 
And this is very important in establishing priorities, that you have a balance between mental exertion and physical uh, exertion. When it's brain, brain, brain only, you, you wear out the life forces. You also find that you deal more with negative attitudes. You deal more with um, a, a more of a self-focus because they're centered on themselves and what they want to do only in the brain activity. When you balance that with recreation, family recreation time, personal time that they can be outdoors if they want to, and work projects and responsibilities in the domestic duties, which is just as much a part of their education as is the math, then you find that you're working to balance these, this area, not just mind, but body. And I found that when my children play in these breaks very hard, if they ride the bike or jump the rope or whatever it was we did when they were younger, they always came back in with renewed energy, clearer minds, better attitudes, mm -hmm. always. That's right. You know, I just want to comment, especially for the younger, the younger children, this is not to be confused with the idea of whenever they don't feel like being stretched or you know, mentally put to the task, that we just keep shortening their attention span so that they're in school for 10 minutes and now they want to play for 30 minutes. The idea is to find the balance for each child and have regularity and to, to really address what works the best but don't just assume that what your child says, oh, I'm tired, my brain's weary if they're here listening today. Well, I think I've done enough brain work for a while, let's, let's go outside. It isn't just playtime we're talking about. It's going outside and continuing the educational process, but going more to the hands and not so much just in the brain. I found it interesting as we went back and studied, even in God's original plan, we read it in the book of Genesis, that God gave Adam the balance between work, physical, manual work, and mind activity. Adam was given the responsibility to keep the garden, and that means he had to, to um, labor, work, and care for it. And he was, that's the hands-on, the physical. And he was also given the mental, res, the mental challenge of naming all of the animals that were created, the birds, the fish. And you think about that because the names he gave had described the character or the, the aspects of those creatures. So it was the mental and the physical, which I thought was exciting because it, it encouraged me that there has to be this balance. Again, from the book Fundamentals of Christian Education, I found that there's many um, challenging statements about finding the balance between the work. There needs to be stated hours every day where the child is in physical, manual labor. That can be chopping wood if, you have a, if you're heating your home with wood. It can be sweeping the driveway or the garage out. It can be um, pulling, weeds. pulling weeds in the garden. I like to pull weeds. <laughs> Anybody so, like to pull weeds? Oh, good. <laughs> it's therapy, isn't it? It's very restful for my mind. <laughs> So take that priority sheet, list out your priorities, make sure, and we encourage that you master the basics first. Go and build a strong foundation in the scholastic area, in your schooling, the math, the English, the phonics, the reading, the spelling. Make sure those are in place and there's time every day for those. Then you begin to add the side. And in our home, what we found so uh, beneficial in making our priorities because I didn't have time to do history every day because I was teaching the domestic things, the cooking and the cleaning and the projects. And so what we would do often for family reading time, uh, I would, or my husband, we would read a history book and we would read it together as a family. And our children knew that at the end of each lesson, the questions were given orally and if they needed to answer the questions. And if they couldn't, then they got the privilege of rereading the lesson and doing it on paper. And they never had to do it that way. So I just want to encourage you, there's other ways we can teach history without putting it in an hour a day. Because when you send your child away to school, they're not getting all the other benefits of the true education package that God created. They're just getting a lot of mind and, a lot of, and, and then play. 
So in the home, we want to find the balance between the two and then look for creative ways to bring these other subjects in that they can be covered, but be covered in a more fun and enjoyable way. So write out your priorities, and then your family can make them. One, two, three, four, five. Now we're going to talk about the <clears throat> one of the tougher parts, and that's the last part, and that is planning. Now, planning means that we take all these other things that we've discussed and we're going to now put something practical on paper. And that's where it begins to be difficult for many people. I couldn't tell you how many people have said to me, schedules just don't work for me. My plans don't work out. Okay, It's, a, it's an amazing thing that... People can always work within the plans of the hospital where they work, the, the restaurant where they work, the insurance company where they work, the, whatever it is, they can always work within those plans. Who made that plan? <laughs> the administrator of the hospital? I don't know. Who made the plan for the bank? The, the banker? But it works. And everybody gets there on time. And everybody does what they're supposed to do at the teller's window, and everybody does what they're supposed to do at the drive-up window. What kind of incentive did they have to get to make it work there? Well, they get paid, right? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you something. If we're only motivated for pay, we've missed the mark, right? So we need to be willing to sit down and start planning the schedule. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, "...to everything there is a season." and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Now I want to read you a quote. We've actually shared many quotes from Fundamentals of Christian Education that we really haven't given you the references for. They're just, the book is full of those principles, but you'll find them there. I'm going to read this one verbatim. Page 150. Regularity should be the rule in all the habits of children. The rule. Regularity, the rule. Okay, now, I want to ask you, don't answer me out loud, how does that strike you? And the reason I'm asking you that question is because regularity is a word that's synonymous or similar to schedule. And when people hear that word, humanity often recoils inside. I used to. Oh. I had one person tell me the other day, just a couple of days ago, I am so sick and tired of schedules. Now, there's a whole lot more to that story of why he felt this strongly, okay? Because of the way the schedules were being done and the attitude, the spirit, the lack of the spirit. But I want to tell you that even though our humanity naturally recoils from it, the only reason it recoils is because regularity and human nature don't cohabitate very well without the Spirit of God. Because the the, the natural man resists the things of God, and order is heaven's first law. Isn't that interesting? I tell you that I love regularity. I didn't grow up with regularity, and my human nature recoiled from regularity. But when we began to have the awareness of the importance of schedule and regularity, and when we determined that after we tried a few schedules and it didn't work, that we said, it's not the schedules that don't work, it's us that don't work. <laughs> We're the ones that are having the problem here. It's, it's our problem And so we said, let's quit trying to be flexible. I used to say to my wife, honey, we just have to be flexible. (laughs) We decided that flexibility is out of the question when you're trying to switch from the carnal, recoiled repulsion from scheduling to the beauty of regularity in order. You have to be inflexible for a while, make the transition with the Lord, and find the beauty of being regular. Stability and then flexibility. There you go. (laughs) I found when we began to get a schedule that really worked, 
and it was consistent that our discipline problems, the, the attitude problems, and you know what I mean by attitudes, right? The negative kind of attitudes that parents get from their little ones. Those attitudes and disciplines problems, they just started to reduce visibly immediately. Amen. And I have, I have shared this before in, in different messages, but I want to say it again because I don't think we can say it too much. When we have order and regularity in the home, when we learn to live by a schedule, we encourage our young people that they know what's expected of them, and then it's much easier for them to willingly enter into that. Mm-hmm. We were talking with a, a family recently, and the mother was pouring out her heart. She homeschools three children in the mid-years, you know, probably fourth to eighth grade, and she was so frustrated because the attitudes were poor, the schoolwork wasn't getting done, it was a battle to get the chores done, and they didn't really, they had a schedule, but it really wasn't a schedule, you know what I mean? It's like, well, we really need to get the school done, we really need to do these things, but there wasn't a time for everything. And so we encouraged her to, to on their way home from the meetings, to talk as a family and to create a schedule that everybody had input into, that everybody would agree that they would put their heart into to make it work. We saw her one week later, and she said, the difference in our home is so incredible. 50%, did you hear that? 50% of our problems are gone Mm -hmm. just because we have a schedule. And everybody is invested in it. 50%. That's encouraging. That's God's mathematics. You give him five days, and he gives you 50% return. Isn't that good? That's really good. So on the back of that priorities, if you flip it over, and we're not going to ask you to do this now, but this is just a bunch of lines and times a day. And we really encourage you to sit together as family. The camp is designed so that there's blocks of time every day. You can sit together as a family, have a little family get together, counsel or communication, and take your priority list and number what's most important in here, of course, time with God and getting up to have that time. I mean, some of the basics, they'll, they'll be obvious. The meals are going to be obvious. It'll be toward the high end. But get those things and then work a schedule, a rising time, a worship time, a meal time, a math time. In our home, we just called it school. You know, one of the things that, again, this is very simple, but we found it to be the case in our home, and I see it in many homes. One of the biggest problems that people have between what they hear and what they do is just taking the time to sit down and plan it. That's the biggest problem. Most people are desirous of setting priorities. Most people are desirous of planning their lives. Most people have a desire to have goals and aspirations. The biggest problem is that while we have the desires, life just keeps on rolling, and we just roll right along with it. And we have to consciously say, Stop! I'm getting off life here. (laughs) At least the fast track for a minute, for a day, we're going to plan our lives and we're going to see what it's like to start going back into life on our plan, on God's plan, instead of just trying to survive in life on a day-to-day basis. You see the difference? So, the difference for success for each one of us here will be whether we do something with this or whether we take this piece of paper and just... Now, this piece of paper itself isn't important, but what you do with it could change your entire life from this camp meeting forward. Not because of the piece of paper, but because you decide that what you do with this piece of paper between you and God and you and your family is going to make a life-changing difference. And it will. If you don't make those kind of decisions at the camp meeting and you just let life roll on the way it is and the meetings are good and you get encouraged and you go home 
and then life just rolls on and you get busy again, then it won't be a life-changing experience. And your children won't experience a life-changing experience. You see the difference? It's simple, but it's very important. Again, I want to emphasize that you find it much easier to work with your children in the home when there is a schedule. Because I found myself in some of those early times when there wasn't a defined schedule. It's like, what, am I gonna, what are we supposed to be doing now? I didn't even know. So it was hard for me to direct my children. So I would come up with an idea, but it wasn't something they wanted to do. By any means, they would rather do something different. And it's much easier if we have a schedule and we stay with that schedule and we work it and we, we encourage one another. That's the other aspect that will make or break this planning is how willing are we to allow God to work in our hearts and to encourage our young people that this is going to make a difference. Amen. They need to see it makes a difference in our lives first. They need to see that when mother and father rise to have time, personal time and communion with God, that mother and father are changing in his image by his grace. They need to see that. They see that we spend an hour with the Lord every morning. We're just as grouchy and irritable and and unkind as we have been all their life. What would motivate them to want to spend 30 minutes with God? So let it have a difference in us. Amen. And it will be seen. You know, Tom said earlier, you know, for what motivates people, they get paid. I tell you, my greatest motivation is the pay that we experience here in this world. It's not monetary. It is, it is the joy of seeing your young people develop a relationship with the Lord, have that walk. They're guided by the purpose of education, those principles, duty above pleasure, where they're guided by what is right, and they choose that because they love the Lord instead of being pulled by the pressures and the peers around them. So we do have a reward that we can experience now, and it can take place in a day, in a little thing, and encourage those little things, and then the next step. So when you start to make your family schedule, do that planning, don't fill every hour from top to bottom. Leave time there in that schedule. One mother said it this way to me recently. She says, we have a cutoff time every day in the middle of the afternoon. She has younger children, so her cutoff time is around 4 o'clock. Any other chore, if it's, you know, something that was on, you know, mothers, we have these do lists to do today that's above and beyond teaching our children the school lessons and getting the basic chores done in the home. If it's not done by then, mothers, let it be and let it go till tomorrow. So you have time for what your schedule says, time with your children as a family, time to recreate, time to do a work project together or whatever it is in that schedule. When you drive yourself to the end of the day on your do list, in addition to what's on your daily schedule, you will be driving the hearts of your children away from you. They want you. They need you. And how do you know the difference? Because they communicate to you. If you give them no time, they don't have anything to say. If you give them of your time, they're always saying, Oh, Mother, guess what I learned? Mother, did you hear? Mother, did you know that? That's a barometer how much time we're giving to our children. So we've handed out several schedules, and we want to take just a few minutes to look at those. We'll start with our personal. It says Waters, home schedule, grades 4 to 7. We're going to point out just a couple highlights on here, and then we'll turn it over because one of the things we want to emphasize is that as the children grow in their schooling and in their abilities in the home, as they mature, the schedule needs to reflect that maturing process. Our schedules change many times. It's even different now than what you see on paper because we have three children working out of the home. And so that's totally a different schedule. But notice that the very first thing, and for us, these were the priorities, was a set time every morning to get up and a set time to have personal time with God and a set time every day for family worship together. Those were unbending. When we went out to do a, a weekend series or a camp meeting, we get home at 1.30 in the morning. We weren't up at 4.30, but we were in family worship at 8 o'clock. 
We had been up long enough to have at least a little time with the Lord personally. Family worship at 8 o'clock, and our day started that next day we got home. So let's stay with that. Those are some of the, the areas that we put in there as they were children. One of the things that we found, too, and it can be very discouraging for people, if you, if you make a mistake, if you, if you drop the ball, whatever, you, you, know, you don't meet the schedule, a lot of people throw up their hands and say, schedules don't work. No, just pick it up. Pick it up at noon prayer time or pick it up. Wherever the next opportunity, pick up the schedule and go forward, even if that means you didn't get all the things accomplished that were there in that part where you lost it. Don't become discouraged, but pick it up and keep going, and you'll find as you, you do this, in a very short time, you'll be willing to stay with the schedule, and you'll see the benefit and the blessing of that schedule. One of the other blessings in our home was the break in the middle of the day. Some people call it Daniel time. We called it noon prayer time. That was, it was probably more beneficial to me than anybody in the home. And that was really important to us, especially as the children were younger, to have that time to come apart and pray, to refocus, to attitude adjustment time, you know. And then begin again. And we, we, after that, we had something enjoyable. We had a little story time. And then we would have some fresh air time. And now at 1 o'clock when they were coming back in for this, the rest of the school, you know, they've had a nice break. They've had some exercise. They've had something enjoyable. They've had time with the Lord. They've had time with mother and dad or mother. And now they're back into the school lessons. And it was much easier than just trying to cram one lesson after another lesson after another lesson. And then uh, we won't go through every step on here, but if you can have these for reference, if you flip it over, you see as the children grew older, notice the rising time there. Now, we never dictated in our home when our children had to get up. I mean, obviously we weren't going to let them sleep till noon, so I shouldn't say we never dictated. We didn't dictate in our home, first of all. We would make suggestions, but we found that our children started to desire more time with God. Amen. And that was encouraging to us. They, when, we, when they got older, they set the new time. They wanted to call a family council. They wanted to talk about a rising time and revamp the schedule to meet the growing needs of the, in, in their schooling. And they wanted to talk about an earlier time. And you know, it was me. Don't you think that's kind of early? You know, 5 o'clock in the morning? But that's what they wanted. And it has set a habit, a pattern that has been beneficial to them as they've gotten older in life with the challenges. So as your young people get older and your needs change, keep the schedule so that it adjusts with the changing needs of the family. That doesn't mean week-to-week week changes. That means every year or couple of years or three or four years, certain things will have to change, but not on every day. Well, Carolyn Rain shared with us her schedule, and uh, I'd like you to look at the Rain family schedule, because here they're dealing with very young children, and we want to talk about how... I didn't have a formal schedule written down this detail when mine were that little. I started recognizing as they got a little older. So I think it's really helpful for those of you who have younger children. What are some of the things that the little ones can be expected to do at their ages? Again, if you notice on the left-hand column, there are times of day listed out. And then it shows the different members of the family and the children's ages. And it shows that when their children get up, and what their responsibilities are. Notice the quiet time there. The quiet time with who? Daddy. Mother has time with the children all day long. Daddy's working. So quiet time with daddy. That's because her children couldn't read. So to, to you know, sit them in the room with the book in their lap, the father comes in and, and leads in their personal worship. In their personal worship, which is different than the family worship. But they still have incorporated that. And then on the back of their list, they have a list of the chores that they do, so we won't talk about that. But look at uh, under Hannah, grade one. She is at 10 o'clock starting her schooling, and at, at six years old, she does 
a couple of hours of school before she has a break. And we found that as we begin to develop these schedules, the child's ability to sit and their attention span begins to grow Mm -hmm. and to grow and to grow. And that's the way it should be. We should not keep changing everything so frequently that we're actually shortening their attention spans. We need to be ever so gently but ever so consistently increasing their ability to have an attention for a subject or for a task. You know, as I see the, the, the schedule here with the RAIN children, it takes my mind back, and, and I want to just encourage you, especially with the, those that have younger children, if we want our young people to be successful, we need to really invest ourselves in this process. It isn't mechanical, okay? It isn't, did you put in your time? We can't have that. The time needs to be put in, but it isn't, did you put in your time? The question is, am I also becoming a part of, you know, who teaches them how to pray? I came to realize that nobody taught me how to pray when I was little. And I just, I don't know how I started praying, but I wanted to help teach my children how to pray. I wanted to be a part of them growing and having a practical understanding. And when my son struggled with foolishness, I wanted to be able to help him overcome foolishness because I had to overcome it when I was in my 30s. I didn't want him to have to wait till the 30s. We need to be a part of their day. And if Father can't be there, maybe he's there in the morning, like Paul here, time with Daddy. Time for Daddy to bring through some of the practical things. And then Mother brings some of those things through when Daddy's not there. We're just going to touch a few things off of each schedule. If you'll, they, there's another sheet. One side says hoteling, the other side says Schlittenhart. If you look at the hoteling side. A couple of things I just want to point out here. One of the things you'll notice is that everyone has a time to get up and a time to go to bed, and that's very important. But also important is that you see through these schedules there's always time for family interaction, and that's very vital. But I was particularly interested at the 9 o'clock slot here because here, again, it emphasizes the need to build that strong foundation. In the morning, when the mind is most attentive and most alert, really working to establish the math and the English and the spelling, those foundational subjects, which, are, which carry the child through any profession that they want to go into. These need to be done. So we found also in our home, as I think Jeanette is expressing it here on this paper, that when I tried to do those at the end of the day, oh, the minds were tired, and you've already been through a few negative attitudes maybe in the day. It was much harder. Do those subjects in the morning when the mind is fresh and alert, when the attitudes are the best, and they can retain better. We're always fresher and, and more attentive and, and retain more in the morning. So she put that in the morning, and then later on she adds those other things. And I think that's really been, um, I know from our personal experience it was beneficial. If you want to turn it over, we want to just look for a moment at a couple of things on the Schlittenhart schedule. And I asked these ladies and to contribute these because variety helps to give us greater ideas, doesn't it? Amen. But what you're seeing is something always a level of consistency. This is what works in their home. So you have four different schedules, and then you can extrapolate from those what you can put into your home. But here, notice here, there's still a rising time for the parents and and for the young people and worship, personal time in the morning, a set meal time, And then the schooling, and it just has another block of time in the day. Then a break of physical, manual labor or occupation, and then back to the mind work. This is very important. While these do not express, they're doing Algebra 1 and, and, you know, whatever level of class, it's simply stated that school is taking place. So the contrast shows you individuality. You have to make the, the you have to plan your schedule that works for you. In our home, the hardest subject is what we started with. 
always. And it was always either English or math. So those were always up front, and they were the foundational ones. So we're going to take some time. We're going to have like a little workshop. Yeah, I want to say. Go ahead. Are you okay? I want to mention one other thing, (laughs) and that is about curriculum, because this is a very important issue. Before we take a little break, Uh, the curriculum needs, as we stated earlier, needs to have a strong Bible principled base. Doesn't mean you can't use other books, but if that is lacking. You can be teaching your children the mechanical or the mental mechanical side of math and all these other things. But when you get a curriculum that shows the order of God in math, that shows the character of God in the English, and that brings God and the principles of his word constantly into the child's thinking in the lesson, you have expanded the true education because you're accomplishing two things at once the character, and the scholastic. And they go hand in hand. So look for curriculum that's very, very strong and biblically based. And look for one that is simple to apply. If you spend all your time trying to create your own curriculum and, you know, do all the research yourself, what it has is you have no time with your children because you're consumed in that. There's been many programs that are out there that you can look for that are established that will be helpful to you. One that has order, and lastly, one that has enough hands-on practical application that your child truly learns. That means the math is more than ten problems. The math may be two pages of problems until your child has gained the skills. Yes? I used Rod and Staff all the way through 8th grade, which is at that time the only level. Now they have it, I think, through 10th. I used all of their math, and then at that point I did some extra courses like consumer math, and we've also used Saxon math for higher learning algebra. And uh, Rod and Staff was a tremendous preparation for that. And, and for us, it worked. It, it's a... It, w- it really worked well in the home, and I saw, I learned so much tying the spiritual to the, to the schooling through that curriculum. And I did bring some sample curriculums with me that they have, if anybody was interested in looking at them. Okay, why don't we just kneel together when we, as we close this part of the workshop. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to meet together. We've looked at the, the purpose and the privilege, and it is a privilege, Lord. And we've looked at principles. And now we've, we've talked about priorities and planning. And I pray that as we move into this uh, next part of, of this seminar, that you would give each one of us the clear direction as families that we need. Help personalize it for each home. Each person here knows the the weaknesses and the strengths that they're dealing with in their own homes. Give us wisdom to know how to prioritize and to plan to maximize the powerful potentials of homeschooling. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.